This episode of the Neighborhood Podcast is brought to you by the ultimate championships of fighting for championships that are won by fighting. And when you win, you get championships for fighting and fighting for championships of fighting championships and championships and fighting and ultimate championship championship fighting 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 championships ultimate championships yeah that's the ticket it's ucf cf cf fcf ccfc uscffc uc 457 featuring overweight men waddling around in swim trunks a lot of people weighing in and then posing with wild eyes and in the main event, some 127 hours after it starts, Ronda Rousey blinks and knocks her opponent out before the introductions are even done. It's real, folks. Even though Ben Stiller and Winona Ryder showed us, reality bites. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. And now, this is the Neighborhood Podcast with New Age Insider's Chief of Staff, D.C. Matthews. Hello out there, boys and girls in neighborhood land. My name is DC Matthews, at DC Matthews NAI, and I am the chief of staff of the New Age Insiders, the premier place for wrestling fans to connect, discuss, and to be heard. In case you stumbled across a viral video of a guy ranting for 28 minutes or so, the New Age Insiders are Jason, tell us how you really feel, Maltoff, at New Age Insiders, Liam, if you talk about Kevin Owens one more time, I'm going to snap and kill somebody, Striker, at Liam, NAI. And Bill, I mine for audio gold, which sometimes means I just delete profanity for two hours. Devil, at Bill Neville, NAI. We have a website, and I sincerely hope you go to it, NewAgeInsiders.com, where you can find information on NAI events, such as their upcoming takeover of NXT Brooklyn in just a couple of weeks, you can find your NAI profile picks and headers, and if you click Discuss, you can find columns by myself, DC Matthews, our ace reporter, Brandon McIntyre, at Brandon Mac NAI, and the NAI team, the best team in the wrestling business, Shannon Scott, at Rebel Dentist NAI, Magnum, at Magnum NAI, Bane of Wrestling, at Bane of Wrestling, and of course the Queen Heel herself. This week's show is a little different than the other eight shows that have come before it. Uh, for this show, we'll have a co-host. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, two men decided to call themselves the number two contenders and start writing about wrestling. Originally, they wanted to do a podcast, and after three years of talking about it, just the other day, Doc Manson and I sat down to record the very first, well, technically second, since the first one got deleted, because I apparently don't know how to use a Chromebook. So the very second podcast with the number two contenders, which you'll hear in just a few minutes on the Neighborhood Podcast, Episode 9. Episode 9. My goodness, we are one week away from double digits, which I know it doesn't seem like much, considering NAI Pod is almost up to Episode 60. But if you had asked me 
eight, nine weeks ago if I thought we'd make it to episode 10, I would have said yes, but I would have also said that nobody was listening. Before we get to Doc Manson and I chatting for an hour and a half or so, it's going to be a long neighborhood podcast this week. Hope you don't mind. Um, we established a segment last week, excuse me, while I back up and grab my Chromebook, which I don't know how to use. We established a segment last week where we decided to look at the NAI Fan Friday. Every Friday, friends, you, yes, you, even if this is your first time listening to the Neighborhood Podcast, can go to NewAgeInsiders.com and post an article on anything that you would like. Uh, Last week, we had quite a few Fan Fridays to talk about. This week, not so much. In fact, I'm only counting... One, two, three, four of them, and one of them was written by our own Liam Stryker, so that one doesn't even count, though I will talk about it in a minute. But, as promised, let's chat. We go with Chris Hawk at C underscore Hawk 1994. Those underscores really get in the way. But Chris Hawk talks about the NAI draft. The NAI draft is complete, friends. Uh, We capped NAI draft A at 15 rounds because I really didn't feel like doing this till Boxing Day. Um, We'll have some details maybe on next week's show. This week I want to devote solely to my conversation with Doc Manson. But Chris Hawk talked to us about his first pay-per-view. He hasn't come up with a name with his wrestling company yet, and I think that's probably the hardest thing to do. But he had an excellent pay-per-view. William Regal calling a pay-per-view is certainly something I'm going to want to listen to. Oh, William Regal and Jim Ross. Sign me up, Chris. I'm in. Samoa Joe versus Michael Elgin, War Machine versus the Primetime Players versus the Vaude Villains, Ryback versus Bo Dallas. Ryback plays a big role in today's podcast, sadly. Uh, Wade Barrett versus Silas Young. Ooh, I'd like to see that match. Um, Will Ferrara versus Cody Hall. Undertaker versus The Rock in a street fight. We haven't seen that in quite a while. And then our triple threat main event match, Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle and Roman Reigns. This sounds like a roster I'd like to watch, Chris, so nice job. That's C underscore Hawk1994 if you want to follow him on Twitter. Our next one is from Cody Benoit, another NAI draft member, and he's talking about NXT. It's not a long column, but no one ever said you had to write a tome, a thesis about this kind of thing, talking about NXT and how NXT will be fine. So I certainly recommend you check out uh, Cody Benoit's piece, at CoachB72, how I believe you can find him on Twitter. Um, I'm going to skip over Liam's for a minute. That'll be what we talk about at the end. And then Main Event Swerve, who I figured out was at Sporty Swerve, but now I think you can find him at Main Event Swerve. I believe his uh, name right now is hashtag Bigfoot Beach Bash, which is a tongue twister, really. Uh, He talks, he writes a great article about Tough Enough and the problems, I think, yeah, the tough problems and a handful of solutions. So considering I don't watch Tough Enough, I can't really say whether or not this is an accurate piece, but it certainly is a good piece, well-written. And I definitely would be more interested in a reality-type show if there were actual matches, not necessarily... You know, I don't know what they've been doing where Cesaro was on like a trapeze thing. They were outside running around in the woods. That really doesn't matter. Uh, Intentionally casting WWE prospects and lesser known independent wrestlers. That's a good idea, too. All right. And then finally, so thank you at Main Event Swerve for that article. We can usually almost count on you every single Friday. And no, 
at the Lord Jalapeno. I'm not blaming you for having a wedding. I understand. You had a wedding you couldn't post. Don't yell at me. Uh, Liam Stryker, finally, 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 somebody did their homework. Liam Stryker, of course, the man to do it, telling me why I should watch Lucha Underground. Uh, Ultima Lucha is over. I actually got off of Twitter for a couple of days, so I didn't have to hear all the people talking about Ultima Lucha. Um, And now that it's over, there's going to be a season two. We know that. There's going to be a season two. And I have to tell you, I will watch season two. I think, uh, and Liam writes about this in his piece, one of the factors is that Um, Sorry, lost my train of thought. One of the factors is that this is a very different style of wrestling. It is really Lucha Libre, not to be confused with American pro wrestling. Um, Maybe that's where I had a problem. You know, all of this bumping to create space, and I got really irritated with Matt Stryker talking about bumping to create space, but all of that wasn't really doing it for me. And again, I enjoyed it. I think King Cuerno is great. He's probably one of my favorites. I liked Drago. I liked Phoenix. I liked all of them on Helico. I really think will be a WWE superstar at some point, And I think I talk about that in my conversation with Doc Manson. Be patient, Doc. I know you're listening. It's coming. Um, and I think also, as I've mentioned, I got the results of Ultima Lucha spoiled. I knew what was going to happen. I knew Mil Muertes and the Disciples of Death were going to win all of the titles. And so why do you watch something when you know the answers? When you know the SmackDown spoilers, you're less likely to watch SmackDown. When you know the NXT spoilers, I think you're less likely to watch NXT, or at least consistently. Um, but having said that, Liam does make some great points, and I will watch season two when it starts. Um, I do think there's enough good talent there that I'll watch. Um, a lot of people were freaking out on Twitter because of the Vampiro swerve. Uh, I'm not tooting my own horn. I really am not when I say this. But wasn't he the only possible option? And again, I didn't watch the last few weeks, so maybe during their actual feud and their fighting with each other, it made it seem less likely. But I had a hunch that Vampiro was going to be uh, Pentagon's master a long time ago, and I didn't have that part spoiled for me. I just thought, there's only a few people who are that dark kind of character. It could have been Katrina, I suppose, but I really thought it was going to be Vampiro, and I apologize that I didn't put a spoiler alert in this, but I'm assuming that most of you um, watched Lucha Underground, but if you didn't and I just ruined it for you, I sincerely apologize. All right, so thank you, Liam. Um, You have talked me into season two. I will watch, and hopefully I'll avoid spoilers and we'll be able to enjoy it. Uh, I do think it should show up on Netflix. I would watch all of season one again if it was on Netflix. It was something I could easily find, so hopefully that will happen. All right, I don't want to wait any longer for my conversation with, seriously, one of my best friends in the whole world, Doc Manson. Uh, We got together. We chatted about all things wrestling. We talked about his life with pro wrestling in kind of the way the Neighborhood Podcast was originally intended to be. Um, We talked about the current state of wrestling. He got a really good piece of news about halfway through. You'll hear about that. Uh, We talk a little bit about superhero movies, oddly enough, in our random rambling section. Um, And we had such a good time. And those of you who have gotten a sneak preview, and yes, I do allow some people to have a sneak preview. If you want one, you can talk to me about it. Um, but 
the apparently people have liked it enough that I'm pretty sure this is going to be at least a semi-regular thing for Doc and I to sit down and chat on the Neighborhood Podcast. Your homework assignment for the week is to go on to Twitter and to follow at Doc Manson. That's all I need you to do this week. You don't need to watch anything. You don't need to write anything. Take 10 seconds out of your day. Hop onto Twitter. Give Doc Manson a follow. We're going to encourage him to start tweeting. If you rally behind him and make him feel good about himself, he will start tweeting, I promise you, and life will be grand. All right, folks, thanks for listening to this really long intro, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with Doc Manson. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen out there in neighborhood land, this is DC Matthews, Chief of Staff of the New Age Insiders, and I am here with. You can hear the dog already. I am here with one half of the number two contenders, one of my best friends in the entire world, Doc Manson. Doc, as you sip your, what I'm assuming is your first cup of coffee this morning, how you doing today? I am good. How about yourself? I'm really glad to be here in the neighborhood land. As you called it just now? Yes, we are not in the usual neighborhood studios. We're in a basement with a lot of cardboard boxes and some Lord of the Rings Pez dispensers. So Delicious. I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling good. So we tried this about a week or so ago. We were down here in the basement recording. We got about fifty minutes in and then Shockwave crashed and we lost it all. And after you beat me senselessly for my grievous mistake we decided we would try this again. So, what we're going to start with is I want the New Age Insiders University neighborhood, as I call it, to get to know you, Doc. Then we'll talk about the world of wrestling, and then we'll do This Week in History. Don't worry, there will be a This Week in History, folks. So, uh, Doc Manson, you are an actual doctor, correct? You would have a PhD. I don't know if I've seen it, but I believe it exists. Is that true? I mean, I technically have two PhDs, only one from an accredited institution. Uh, the first was a PhD in Improvology. I'm pretty sure that that's not a thing, uh, but I have that on my wall upstairs in my bedroom. You actually got a PhD in Improvology? I did. Um, <laughs> that was granted to me by the members of Scared Scriptless. And that's an improv group, I'm assuming. Uh, or something like that. Okay. So, but yeah, beyond that, I do have an actual PhD from an accredited institution, and that is in cellular biology. Cellular biology. I'm already confused. Yeah, me too. Try right. not to think about it too hard. All right. So, for those of you who may have missed the article or the earlier podcast where I mentioned Doc Manson, Doc Manson and I met in college. We both went to the same university. Um, we... I. I don't remember liking you for the first few months that we met. I'm not sure I like you now. Well, there we go. So at least it's changed <laughs> slightly. Uh, but we we met in college. We were roommates for, if I'm counting correctly, four years. And if I recall, we became roommates out of spite towards two other people whom could have been roommates. Yes, we were trying to get a, a four-person kind of sweet in like the upperclassmen of housing at our university. We didn't get that. And so we were staying in just a regular freshman dorm, tutor a room, common bathroom kind of thing. And 
we had two other friends and we were trying to figure out who was going to stay with who and it was becoming, I believe, contentious and we just decided, you know what, why don't you and I room together and we'll leave the other two. And I'd like to point out the other two almost killed each other on about a weekly basis. It was pretty... It was pretty. They, they hated each other by the end. They didn't speak to each other for a decade almost. Although they're good now. Yes, they're better now, but it, it didn't end well for them and yet we... We persevered. We persevered and wound up living together for... Four years, you were a part of my wedding. If memory serves, I was a part of your wedding. And so, about a year or so ago, we decided to try a wrestling website and writing about it. But unfortunately, there wasn't enough fame for you on a small independent website, so you had to abandon ship and move to the neighborhood. I'd like to point out that you stopped... (laughs) You stopped watching wrestling at some point. Yeah, there. yeah. okay. You, so, <laughs> so before we get into that whole thing, um, what is your first memory of professional wrestling? How old were you? Estimate when did pro wrestling first enter your life, Doc Manson? Well, I'm not really sure. Uh, I remember. I mean, I was young. I was probably like, you know, six years old or younger. And I don't really remember what my earliest memory of it is. If I had to pick, I think there was a uh, a mall in the next town over. And I seem to remember going and meeting uh, the Texas Tornado. Carrie Von Erich. Yeah. And I, I, I'm pretty sure... I Maybe I didn't even know what professional wrestling was at the time, but I had an older brother who was three years older than me, and he certainly knew what wrestling was. And so I think that might be my earliest memory, and... After that, uh, it wasn't much to uh, get me started on actually watching. You know, back then, I don't. I think I remember when Raw started, so I must have been watching Saturday morning type shows mm-hmm. for a long, long time at first. Uh, very different uh, who, era. Who was your? Now you you met the Texas Tornado. Who was your first favorite wrestler? Do you remember the first guy that really caught your attention watching the product? Um. Yeah. I mean, obviously, probably Hulk Hogan, because he was big and yellow and red, and he was just, you know, everything in the 80s that a young child wanted, everything that a young child thought was interesting, you know what I mean? Real over the top. Uh, And he's been a long-time favorite, and I think when I started watching, it was probably also around the time that the Ultimate Warrior was really getting a big push. So I love the Warrior, the other big, over-the-top, colorful character. Mm-hmm. Macho Man, Randy Savage, another one. He was fantastic. Uh, and then, you know, back at that mall, sometime down the line, I, I ran into, like, I was ran into, I was young. I went there, you know, for a signing. I, I met uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. Wow. And uh, he was really cool. Uh, he even had a snake with him that day. So, you know, when I was a young, impressionable kid, that was like the coolest thing in the world. And so I think I became probably much the biggest fan of Jake the Snake Roberts. That probably would have been around the time he was feuding with Undertaker. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. so based on this, you became a wrestling fan before I did. Because I came really? in 1992, 1993. Hulk Hogan was pretty much wrapping up with WWF at the time. You know, I was a big Bret Hart fan. That was my first. Bret Hart, Tatanka, that's my first time. So I remember watching Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man, but I was watching him on video cassette at the video store where my grandmother lived in Vermont. I would go pick those up. So 
Which was, it was WrestleMania 6 where Hogan and Warrior had yes, their thing? Yes, in Toronto, I believe. Okay, I think that might have been the first, like, big show that I saw relatively in time with when it was happening. Okay. Uh, yeah, so you're two or three years before I... When was that? What year was that to you? That was, so people are screaming, I think it was 1990. Okay, so, so, so not been, too You would have been, earlier. like you said, six or seven, because yeah. we're literally the same age, but you're, I'm three days older than you are. Right. And I was probably, so. like I said, watching those Saturday morning shows before mm-hmm. uh, I ever even really knew what a pay-per-view was. Oh, you absolutely. Know, so. Yeah, I was the same way. I watched, you know, in, in doing this podcast, I've realized that I thought I started right around WrestleMania 9, but based on pictures I've seen from an event I went to in Hartford and other things, I realized I started watching in 1992, well before I knew what a pay-per-view was. And, you know, it was just on TV. Mm-hmm. So so you said your brother got you into it. Would the two of you watch it together? Was that, you know... Because I know your brother, somewhat. and would, would... I mean, I don't really have any recollection of watching it together, but I do remember down at the KB Toys getting this, like, plastic lunchbox full of trading cards. And I don't know if it was just WWF or if it was also WCW mm-hmm. or something. I remember looking through those cards. We each had our own lunchbox full of them and trading back and forth and looking at the cards. That's if I had a memory of my brother with it. That's probably the most vivid one I have. And so, how long, because I know you fell away from wrestling for a while, how long did you watch before you kind of stopped paying attention? Uh, I probably watched until, and I know exactly when I watched until, it was right before uh, the Mankind Undertaker Boiler Room match. Yes. that I, I stopped watching right before that event, when that occurred, I think. SummerSlam... I want to say 96, but I could be wrong. It might have been 90. No, I think it was SummerSlam 96. So about, yeah. So, okay. So you watched for five, six yeah, years. Yeah. During so, the formative years, for sure. Yeah. And and so what caused you to stop? Was it just you got older and had other interests? Was Did you, you know, I, fall out of love with wrestling? I just kind of remember Raw being the thing that I wanted to watch. But it was on so late at night, I always had a struggle actually being able to watch it with the parents and that sort of thing. So, I mean, this was back in the day when there was one TV in the house and, mm. you know, trying to convince my father to put wrestling on at 9 o'clock at night uh, wasn't exactly uh, an easy task. So, I think that just kind of naturally sort of fell off around then. And, and the weird thing to me is that I didn't get back into it in, you know, like high school because that was when wrestling turned white hot again during mm-hmm. the Attitude Era. I can remember being in school and everybody with their stone cold shirts and the Rock, People's Champ, whatnot. So I mean, really like you know what many people would now consider like the absolute peak of wrestling. Uh, I was absent for, mm-hmm. and I came back into it after that. And so I I, I take some amount of credit for that because I don't believe you were watching wrestling until we. I don't know if it was. I think it was when we started rooming together in college, and I was watching it, and some of my friends who are now some of your friends. GQ and the guy I haven't figured out his name yet for the I'm podcast. A- Brian. We'll call him Brian. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so they would come over and so you started and that would have been 2003, 2004. So, you know, we're talking and again, that's right around the time, you know, you and I watched wrestling together and then when when that ended when we stopped living together, I stopped watching. So I had a 
10 or so year period right during the last 10 or so years until WWE Network came along where I wasn't watching it. So you kind of picked up then. I remember going to a couple of live events with you and some random people. Like, I think your brother came and some random kid that he worked with at CVS or something like that were there. Sounds familiar. I annoyed a lot of people by celebrating JBL's theme music. and. Yeah, I mean, you were, you're right. I got back into it when we started living together. And I can remember... We probably watched, you know, Raw, SmackDown, that sort of thing. The first event that I watched once I started watching again was WrestleMania 20. So that was back when John Cena was still a heel, picking up his first United States Championship. Yep. Uh, I think Eddie Guerrero. That's the WrestleMania 20. Oh, and Benoit won the titles. Yeah, Benoit Guerrero won. So that was my that was my welcome back sort of. Well, that's a pretty good one to come back to. That yeah, was that was a good, good show. Event. That, that was, was a good, good show. Event. So, all right, and so now. We're kind of transitioning to modern times. Um, you know, you you watch ish, or you watched ish. You know, I believe once we again we stopped living together. I think you kind of yeah. picked up a little bit. I mean, going to those ten years where you weren't watching, I was. I was watching almost everything, like uh, WWE Raw and SmackDown. And at that time, you know, TNA was just getting started on like Fox Sports. Okay. And then that was even before their Spike TV deal, which of course is now long gone and they're on Destination, Destination America. America. Yeah. For now anyway. So I used to watch TNA a lot and for a while I liked that product more than I liked what uh, I I remember cuz I remember watching some of the TNA, you know, the yeah. Ultimate X matches and I mean nobody it never got really popular online. It seemed like people loved to hate TNA, but I mean back when you know, back when Samoa Joe was first debuting and they yep. got Kurt Angle and AJ Styles was there and Christopher Daniels, Kazarian. I mean, they had some of the best wrestling I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might call them spot fests now if you had a little more refined palate, but I mean, that was exciting stuff. As someone who had never seen the cruiserweight division in WCW, mm, uh, true. it was it was exciting stuff, I thought, you know? So mm-hmm. But yeah, that fell off pretty quickly. Yes, I, I I don't think I've seen TNA in years, though I'm watching Ring of Honor, and I gotta say, AJ Styles, Kazarian, Daniel, Samoa Joe's there, you know. If you liked TNA back in that time, I would recommend... I really do have to give Ring of Honor another shot, but I mean, I watched them when they first got picked up by Sinclair Broadcasting, and the production values were so low that I, after like three weeks or so, mm-hmm. I just stopped watching. And I have no doubt it's probably improved. So. I, 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 and I'm not going to say it's the best production value. You know, yeah. they, they would benefit... I mean, don't get me I don't need something that's super slick. I yes. mean... They would benefit from some more lighting. You know, the first couple weeks I watched, they would go to the outside and there wouldn't be a light on them. So you'd be watching, you know, essentially kind of shadows. And I'm like, I'm sure this is very exciting if I could see it. But it is better. I would recommend giving it a shot, especially since if you go to their website and become a member, you don't have to pay anything. You just sign up, and you can watch the weekly stuff for free. So, Yeah, that sounds good, and I'll probably have to do that. I just, you know, haven't yet. Well, that's just fine. So, <laughs> I can barely keep up with WWE. They're putting so much content on the network these days. I miss the entire Attitude Era. I should go back and watch that. That would actually, that would probably I mean, be a good and idea. And even the you. new stuff. I mean, just between Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, I've gotten over abundance of mm-hmm. what I can watch in the free time that I have. I mean, I, I honestly don't watch SmackDown much at all. But Nobody does. Yeah, exactly. Nobody does. But, I mean, NXT is pretty good, although I didn't see it yet this week. Uh, and, you know, it Raw gets me my fill. It was okay. That I I have to, I watched it last night and I probably skimmed through it in about twenty five thirty minutes. You know there was there last week's episode with the bull fit. 
I'm going to make sure I pronounce that right. Bull fit with an F. Bull fit. Fit. Yeah. Fit. Got it. Fit. Uh, that episode was excellent. That was one of my favorite ones probably from the last few months, really. Um, last week's? Yeah. With with the... Yeah, Bull fit was hilarious. The first but, one, Bull um, I, I don't know. I, after a while, I got tired of watching tag matches. I will say there were a lot of tag matches, but right now NXT's tag division is the best part about it because they've got Finn Balor as your heavyweight champion, and I've talked about this before and written about it. You have Finn Balor as your heavyweight champion. Do we want to get into NXT a little bit right now? Well, I don't want this to be formulaic. It's a free-form conversation, so we can talk about NXT right now. Because you want to talk about Finn Balor, he does nothing for me. Really? He's, I mean, he's talented in the ring, and he's got a catchy entrance. Which is more than Fandango has, I guess, because he's actually good in the ring. But in terms of entrances, they're, they're very different. One's hyper-stylized and brooding and cool, whereas the other one was just sort of a feel-good thing to get the audience into. I can't believe I'm making comparisons between Fandango and Fandango. Well, I'm going to get roasted for this. Well, no, you but, won't, because people are going to get mad at you because they think Fandango is a good wrestler. He just hasn't had a chance to show it yet. Well, I mean, I certainly think that maybe that's possible. I'm not necessarily trying to make a commentary on... Uh, his skill set or not, but Finn Balor, he, he just, I know they've even tried to do like that two, they did that two week long, um, you know, biography it was, on him. It's, it seems like every week they either have an interview with him or a, or a, I don't think he's, again, I'm going to get roasted with this, I don't think he's interesting, I don't think he has much of a personality, and just being the guy who's the do-gooder who's, you know, winning because I'm better than you, I I don't know. Like, people have done that well. Mm-hmm. CM Punk, best in the world. Like, I enjoyed that gimmick, and I see a lot of that in Finn Balor, maybe, but I, it, it's you, just not interesting this time. You, you might not have gotten roasted until you just made the CM Punk oh, yeah? is better <laughs> than Finn Balor. I didn't say that. I said that the personality did more for me, yes. personally. Yes. I, I I get why they're doing the personal narrative of Finn Balor, his history, trying to get people to buy in. And I I admire that. And I think he is good in the ring. I am so sick of the double stomp move done by seemingly everybody that I could spit. But I, will, I won't necessarily agree with you that I don't find him interesting, but I don't get as much out of him as a lot of other people do. Yeah, I mean, when NXT was white hot to me, this was going back just a couple of months ago, that's when, you know, Neville was just finishing up his run, Sami Zayn was... I mean, Sami Zayn and Neville had a great back-and-forth series there. Um, Neville acting, you know, sort of as that heelish sort of arrogant... It was fantastic. It was... He had a personality, it was... and. You know, Sami Zayn trying to get over himself and like not be Mister Nice Guy. I remember that there was that one that was one scene there in the end where I think Sami Zayn just finally got somebody just slapped them right across the face. And for Sami Zayn, like that was a real moment for his character. I mean, that was white hot. Then going even going into Kevin Owens making his debut and that was fantastic. But since Sami Zayn has been gone mm-hmm. and they have sort of been switching up gears here, Kevin Owens. For whatever reason, they're not pushing as heavily. They're trying to move him to the main roster, yeah. I guess. Finn Balor, he's just not well, and, doing and, it for me. Well, and, and I think you know you're you're highlighting a larger problem, which is you can't build around a single person. 
Right. It's not going to work as well unless you have a couple of people. And so right now, you're right. Kevin Owens is on the main roster. And it's nobody's fault that Sami Zayn and... I mean, he's on the main roster, but he's main eventing the next live NXT event. Which so. will probably be the last time yeah, he's you're in NXT. Right. You're but Sami Zayn's injured. Hideo Itami is injured. I, I don't well, like who him. who cares? I don't like him either. Um, <laughs> Hideo Itami. Man, I just want to say real quick here. I feel like, you know, all due respect to the man... He's clearly a very talented athlete, um, but th- there there is an issue. There, there's obviously a language barrier, and that has that's difficulty getting him over. And I also feel like there's a very different style of wrestling um, from where he comes from, and he's had a hard time transitioning. I saw a lot of that in Finn Balor when he first came over as well. He he well, he had a different pace to his matches, just like Hideo Tommy does. There's a different pace there, and it doesn't quite match up to what the guys who are used to the American style are, and you get some fits, some starts and stops yes. in the matches that don't quite look smooth. And I think Finn Balor at least has, you know, he's gotten past that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Hideo Tommy, he's been out for a long time with his injury and whatnot, so... You know, it's maybe not a fair comparison necessarily, but I never really feel like he got into step, in yeah. sync with Hide- the other competitors. Hideo Tommy was growing on me at the end because, like you said, he was he was very much based in that strong style Japanese wrestling where I'm just going to kick you and kick you and kick you and then I'm going to kick you. And after that, you're if, you're, kick you some more? If, if you're not careful, yeah. whoa baby! I will kick you. Right. I mean, don't be wrong. He's good. He does oh, some great stuff. His kicks are awesome. Yeah. And but as as the last right before his injury, he was starting to wrestle. He had kind of the you know he had the rope clothesline and all that. I was starting to get into him. I think when he gets back and it's revealed because I'm almost positive it's going to happen when it's revealed that Finn Balor is the one who attacked him. Yeah, I think that's and then logical. Finn turns heel. I think everything's going to be better because. Finn Balor, from everything I've heard in Japan with the Bullet Club and everything, Finn Balor is much better as a heel. Yeah, I could see that. So, and maybe that's going to help my personality problem as well. And, and so I think I think right now he's trying to kind of lead this by himself. You've got Samoa Joe, who's part-time at best. You've got Owens, who's on his way out. You've got Tyler Breeze, who, for whatever reason, because he's amazing, they're not ready to go with him in a main event role. They never will be. Probably not, sadly. They're they're kind of just waiting for that next group of guys. And, you know, I had this conversation with some people oh. online yesterday. They're going to have to go sign some more people. Okay, so okay. So you say they got you're waiting for the next group of guys. They got to go sign some people. Who are they going to sign? At this point they've signed all the big guys. I mean, okay. So you can look at Ring of Honor and I, as I said before, there are guys there who I really like. There's AJ Styles, uh Christopher Daniels, uh there's even some ROH guys. I forget what his name was, but I think he might be with uh, Maria. Uh, he was good, I thought, when I watched for like three episodes. I believe you're referring to Adam Cole, baby. But I no, don't, I don't think no. I am. Well, there's no. Maria's actual husband is Mike Bennett. That's what I'm talking about. Of the kingdom. Okay. So if you haven't watched, and we literally, I was having this conversation with two or three people yesterday on Twitter. Is he um, actually any good, Mike Bennett? He's okay. Okay, I remember being impressed, but like I, I watched three episodes, so, so I don't know anything. So I don't think we're going to get AJ or Daniels. They're already close to forty, I and that's what I'm saying. Those guys are old. They mm-hmm. their best work, I hate to say it, is mostly behind them. AJ Styles, even towards the ends of his TNA run, 
slowing down. It was pretty clear that the phenomenal one was a little less phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, but if you start watching Ring of Honor, you're going to find a guy named Adam Cole, 26 years old, is the most just natural. You watch him walk, you watch him talk, you watch him move, and he just screams, I'm a really good pro wrestler. All right. He's somebody good. You know, I'm partial to Kyle O'Reilly, who's one of those like submission. Ex- he's got kind of that Daniel Bryan, Chris Benoit kind of style. He's someone I would keep an eye on. All right, all right Han, let me throw this one out there. Sure. Jeff Jarrett. Going to NXT. Yeah! Right. Okay, if you didn't get beat up for the Finn Balor, <laughs> you are you are okay. asking for trouble right now. I, I am trolling right now. I am trolling. That was intentional. <laughs> Which is just fine. Um, are you going to watch anything Global Force Wrestling does in 2015? Are they still around? They, they really haven't even gotten started yet. I guess they've had maybe a show, two shows. That, as my understanding of Global Force was that they were taking New Japan shows and they were doing the production necessary to distribute mm-hmm. that here in the States. Is that all that they're doing, or no, are they doing they are their... Going, they are going to have an actual roster. They're going to have an actual champion. Jeff Jarrett's going to wrestle. Is Jeff Jarrett going to be that champion all the time? I'm guessing not. Come on! But, but you never know. I know Bobby Roode's going to be a part of it from, you know, you, you'd remember from TNA. There's a couple he was of... good. There's a lot of, you know... WWF cast-offs in the last What about years. Scott Steiner? Honestly, I I can't say for sure. I'll look it up. I'm going to look it up right now. I think he might be part of it. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> I, I think you might actually see... You there from Canada <laughs> with your whoop-dee-doo in your hair, Mexico North! Oh my god. All right. I love Scott Steiner. Um, Just let him talk all the time. So, while I am looking up yes. the roster... Oh, here we go. GFW Global Force roster. Let's see. There's a group called the Akbars. Never heard of them before. That sounds offensive. The Bollywood Boys. Also sounds offensive. Um, Candice LeRae, who is a very famous women's wrestler. Chris Sabin, who you would know. Chris Sabin. Is he... Uh, have you seen him recently? I have not. Well, actually, I just saw him on Ring of Honor, but I didn't like. they didn't do a close-up. Uh, I remember I liked him a lot in uh, TNA when he was younger. He got injured a few times, ankle or something like mm-hmm. that, and he always came back, and he, he, he was slowing down a little bit, so I don't well, know what I he's like these got, days. He's, he's teaming with Kazarian and oh, okay. Christopher Daniels. Okay. So, um, if you miss the masterpiece Chris Masters, I don't. he'll be part of Global oh, Force. Great. If you miss um, the British Bulldog's son, Davy Boy Smith Jr., he'll be part of it. The former Festus... Uh, oh, yeah, Festus. Luke Gallows will be part uh-huh. of it. Hacksaw Jim Duggan is on this roster. Uh-huh. I'm guessing he's not going to wrestle, uh-huh. but there's there's J- Jeff Jarrett, Jim Cornette, uh, Karen Jarrett, obviously. Oh, yeah, Karen Jarrett. Let's go. Uh, Lance Hoyt, who used to be oh, yeah. Dallas in TNA. Uh, I'm just naming the people you'll know. Mickey James. She's not in TNA anymore? I, Evidently. Apparently not. Okay. Um, Justin Gabriel. There he is, the man, the oh, myth, the chainmail legend, Scott Steiner, Shelton Benjamin, Sanjay. No, no, Dutch. no, back to Scott Steiner. I can't wait to see that. Okay, yes, I am. I am down for Global Force Wrestling in 2015. Just so you can watch Scott Steiner and Jeff Jarrett main event every show. I, I don't know that I'm going to watch the matches, but I'm definitely <laughs> going to listen to all the Scott Steiner promos in existence because right. those are always special. Now, and and I don't mean to discredit Global Force. I appreciate 
the more wrestling, the better, in my mind. And if Jeff Jarrett, what Jeff Jarrett seems to be doing is taking what he was doing with TNA and trying to do it right. There's going to be a six-sided ring. It's going to be so. Isn't I, there a six-sided ring in TNA again? Yes, but Glo- ring, Global Force is also going to have a six-sided ring. Okay. So I will give them a shot if I can watch it for free. I'm not going to pay for it, but if I can watch it for free, I will. But looking at this roster. A lot of WWF cast-offs, which is fine. A lot of them are very good. A lot of guys I've never heard of and hopefully will start to appreciate. All I'm hoping is that they bring back the King of the Mountain match because that's Jeff Jarrett's specialty. I don't even know what a King of the Mountain... Do you know what a King of the Mountain match is? I do not. I'm not even going to look that. I think it's something where you have to stay in the... It's like a reverse battle royal. <sighs> now I have to look it yeah, up. Yeah, all I remember was Jeff Jarrett won almost every single one of them in the early days of TNA. So he was constantly referred to as the King of the Mountain. He was constantly the champion. And, and I will say after a while, that theme music, I really started to grow on me. All right. Are we talking about Cesaro now? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much should be, right? (laughs) All right. Ready? I'm going to read right from Wikipedia. The five competitors in the match start out as ineligible to win. In order to become eligible, a wrestler must score a pinfall or submission on an opponent. Though the person who submits or gets pinned must spend two minutes in a penalty box. Oh yeah, penalty box, I remember that. More than one wrestler can be in the penalty box, which often results in wrestlers fighting. <laughs> no! Once eligible, the wrestler may win the match. It, so it's essentially, you. it's a ladder match where you have to qualify to be able to climb the ladder. Okay. Which, okay, I, that's actually kind of interesting to me. There's been ten of them. I do remember liking them when I watched them, but there, I couldn't remember what they were. There's been ten of them, according to Wikipedia. Okay. Jeff Jarrett has won three. Okay. When I watched, I think there was probably five of them, of which he had won three, so... And there was one not too long ago, which the former Justin Gabriel won, defeating Lashley, the masterpiece Chris Masters, Eric Young, and somebody named Robbie E., who I don't know. So, Robbie E., which he's I'm guessing, basically Chris Masters, which I'm guessing is like a Jersey Shore. It sure kind is. Of thing. All right, I don't know how we start. Okay, we went from NXT to this to that because you wanted Jeff apologies. Jar- yeah, that's fine. I like this. You wanted Jeff Jarrett to be a part of. You said we could go free form here, so I'm, I'm, that's just fine. So. As we were talking about, yeah, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly. I, there's going to be there's a guy named Moose. Okay, who, so you're saying there are plenty of guys that they could get yes. into NXT. And and have you seen the whole thing with this new wrestler who used to be known as Uha Nation? Is is that like the Uha Man in WWE? The guy who cocks his arm and punches you? That would be Roman Reigns. Yeah, Uha Man. That's what I said. That, that's that's your name for Uha Man. Yeah, that's what he does. Uha okay. Uha Man. That's he's Al Pacino. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Exactly. He's Al Pacino and son of a woman. Uh-huh. Good to know. Uh-huh. All right. So there is an independent wrestler named Uha Nation who has just signed with... Well, he's been in NXT for a while. He hasn't been on TV yet. He is making his debut at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, which the New Age Insiders, along with many of you out there in the neighborhood, will be a part of. There's a group dinner beforehand. Enjoy. Have a good time. You're not getting me to Brooklyn. But um, he's going to debut, and... From that name, I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you know this, Shelton, but you're an African American. And who are you talking to? Do you remember that? Oh, I do remember that. Vince I'm really more of a Charlie Haas. You are Charlie. Well, we're both Charlie, which Haas. means I have no personality. You're and Charlie I Haas. Garcia off the ring apron without even trying on my first day. You're back, Charlie Haas. Immediately losing my push. And I'm Rico. So it's good. They were tag team champions. Did you know that? No. Okay. Well, 
now you've learned something. So, Uha Nation, African-American wrestler, he is making his debut, but he won't be called Uha Nation. His name will be Apollo Cruz because he's bald, so he looks like the actor Terry Cruz, and he's African-American, so he's Apollo, like Apollo Creed from Rocky. Sort of like Consequences Creed? I'm guessing he's going to come out in something very similar to what Consequences Creed used to do. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Consequences Creed from TNA, that is our very own Xavier Woods. New Day! My favorite part of wrestling. I just did a whole three-piece thing ranking my favorite WWE wrestlers. New Day is at the top. What? Cesaro's up there. You don't like New Day? No. I, I love all the components of New Day. But I don't love New Day. But when you put them... But you know, maybe I'm not supposed to love them, so maybe that means I really love them. In one of those weird meta things? Yeah, I'm not sure. No, just... And and Xavier Woods is the MVP of that, because there's... I wish I had that... There's some moment from a match two weeks ago, he's sitting on the stairs just to try to get out of the way, and, like, Biggie hits a move or something, and he's kicking his feet and clapping, and he looks like the world's best ventriloquist dummy. Lovely. It was fantastic. Um, All right, so... You're now watching... So you watch NXT... Kind of, yeah, enough. Let I, I, I keep up. I, I don't watch it every Wednesday right mm-hmm. on the dot, but I get to it. You're not watching SmackDown, and nobody will blame you. Are Are you watching Raw? Mostly. Uh, I tend to watch Raw until the 10 o'clock hour. And then, if I make it through the rest of the show, is 100% hit or miss. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I sometimes will go back and watch the last hour the next day, mm-hmm. but... Most times I feel like I'm not really missing much, which is probably saying something when I feel like I'm getting less out of the main event of your show than the rest of it, but... I know we talked earlier about we were going to try to come up with things to disagree with, but I don't care about the main event. You know, I frequently do not that care. That six-man tag, which I'm sure was good and everybody said was good, I was like, this matters nothing to me. Yes. What, this, this yes, six-man. you're just uh, spinning their wheels yet some more. Uh, so... So you watch WWE, you watch NXT, uh, you don't watch Ring of Honor. Have you watched Lucha Underground? I don't keep up on Lucha Underground because uh, it is on a channel that I don't get. What channel is it on right now? Dest- no, not Destination. It's not Destination America. El Rey. L- El, Rey. El Rey Network. Right. I don't get that. Uh, I, I had a uh, free trial for Sling TV for a month. And in that month, I probably watched a dozen episodes of Lucha Underground. And... I loved Lucha Underground. I thought that was fantastic, and I would watch it, but I'm not going to pay more for a uh, cable subscription. So if it was available, you'd watch it? Yeah, I suppose. So if I send you a link to a legally questionable avenue to watch it, would you take advantage of it? No, I don't think I would. Okay. If I was able to pay for the product, I probably would watch it, but uh, otherwise, you know, I I kind of feel like if there's a piece of content out there that I want to see bad enough that I want to really see it, I should probably pay it. But it's also got to be an amount that I'm willing to pay. Mm-hmm. And the cable subscription is not is not an amount I'm willing to pay. So, well, and if there was another way to watch it, I'm all ears. Full disclosure, let me ask you this question. Do you pay $9.99 a month for the WWE Network? I do not. I know that's an interesting quandary there. An interesting, uh, how is it that I'm watching all these different shows then? Well, let me tell you. Most of the events I am watching with other people whom have a subscription to the WWE Network. NXT, on the other hand, 
Well, I guess I'm mooching there. Okay. And I will have to probably do something about that because. But you you did have it at one point. Oh yeah, I had it all the way through uh, Fastlane right before WrestleMania, thirty two. Well, thirty one. Thirty one. Well, let's talk about that because Fastlane. I believe if I were to open up your Twitter account, <laughs> it was the last time I seriously had anything to say about professional wrestling. Yes, and I believe your last tweet before you disappeared on me for four or five months was, "I need a different hobby." Uh, yeah, I stopped watching wrestling uh, because, really, it wasn't wrestling in general that I was fed up with. It was WWE and their storytelling. I really was felt very strongly about Daniel Bryan coming back from his injury and getting a spot to reclaim the title that he never lost. I thought that was good storytelling. And WWE has this thing where they like to just pick something and push it and push it and push it, no matter how much their audience is telling them otherwise. And that's what they were doing with Roman Reigns. And the entire situation at Fastlane with Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns frustrated me to no end. And I, as I kind of said before they don't listen to their audience, the only thing they would listen to is if people vote with their dollars. And so there's not much that you pay for when it comes to wrestling. Um, unless you're going to live shows, everything else just kind of shows up on television. So the only thing I was actively paying for was my network subscription. So I unsubscribed. And since I wasn't watching anything but WWE at the time, I stopped watching professional wrestling altogether. And I really tried to get it completely out of my mind. I was so frustrated. I, uh, I unbookmarked all the wrestling sites I used to read. I uh, unsubscribed from a bunch of different RSS feeds that I was reading at the time. I logged out of my Twitter account, didn't go back on it. I unsubscribed from the Squared Circle subreddit. Like I just went cold turkey. I said, wrestling needs to get out of my life. I just need to hit the reset button for a little while. Sure. And maybe come back with a little more clarity to be able to appreciate the product. I got too close. So you got too close. And how long did, did you watch WrestleMania 31? They don't... That's fine. They don't have names. They yeah. Don't, they don't have numbers anymore. Did you? So did you take a whole month off and then wind up watching WrestleMania? How did that work? Yeah, I went cold turkey for a month, and the only reason why I watched WrestleMania was because, again, I had a friend... We kind of do a, a, a get-together at the big events, so from, I had some friends coming over, and so we all watched the show together. And so, you know, I dipped my toe back in at WrestleMania. And I would say, though, even right after WrestleMania, I, I probably did get back into it pretty quickly, but I, I wasn't watching it on a weekly basis. I wasn't as invested for for a little while. I, I'm back watching full-time now, but... Except for SmackDown and... Yeah, yeah, but I mean, NXT I've never really watched the third hour of Raw. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, but, you know, full time. Yeah, full time, which is fine. Uh, so, so let's if we could operate in hindsight, we go back in time and Daniel Bryan wins at Fastlane, and then let's say Daniel Bryan goes ahead and wins his title versus Brock Lesnar or loses whichever, but let's say he wins, and then he has to go out again. Is the product better because Daniel Bryan did not get the push you were hoping for? Or is the would the product have been better with Daniel Bryan getting his second WrestleMania moment and then almost just as quickly as he did the last time having to give up the title? Well, I mean, it's that's a hard thing to comment on, right? Because in the moment, 
you don't know whether somebody's going to get injured or not. So it's really hard to go back and think about what I would have thought at the time. I mean, speculating now from the future, yeah, I mean, I guess Daniel Bryan is not ready to go. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, he's, uh, he's clearly at a point where he's got to take it easier for himself and... I'm just trying to. Th- I'm just trying to think, of like in terms of like the storylines. Well, whether or not- and, and and this is Monday morning booking essentially. Yeah. And and so you know, obviously we can't go back and change things, and obviously it would have worked out at some way, no matter what. But I don't know what the decision making was. I know, like you said, we go back to early 2015. We were on the Roman Reigns Express. They were shoving it down our throats, whether we liked it or not. Turns out nobody really liked it so much, and now they're kind of doing yeah. a more organic. I mean, the bottom form. line is, when I come to my fiction, I like an internal consistency. I like a logical progression, and regardless and- of what happened to Daniel Bryan afterwards, um, there was a built-in story there that made sense. There was again an internal consistency. He came back after being out for a large period of time. He had never really lost his title. Like, there's there's a story to tell there. Mm-hmm. And I just would like to see those things capitalized upon because wrestling, there's a lot of writing in wrestling, right? They have to fill a lot of TV time. They've got writers working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's a terrible hard job. I wouldn't want to have to do it. But when there is a built-in logical story staring you in the face that the fans seem to be behind... Why would you deny that? Wouldn't you just run with it? Mm-hmm. I mean, not to say they should always cater to what the fans want. You want to have surprises. Well, and Vince McMahon seems to think he knows what we want more than we know what we want. Right, and I mean, to some degree, internet railings against the product is probably because people don't like being told what they like. And they they do interpret Vince McMahon as thinking that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, he's been right for how many years now? I mean... 30. Alright, I mean, when you look at the grand scheme of things, every micro-decision he makes might not be right, but you know, the company's doing pretty good. So, I mean... Yeah. Well, I'm impressed that you uh, you need and require internal consistency in your fiction, and you're still a wrestling fan. I know. There are so many storylines that just end. They don't ever get resolved. They just, something's not working. I, we... I think we talked about this in the podcast that we lost. One of some of the one of the best storytelling they had leading up to WrestleMania this year was Stardust versus Goldust. Yes, indeed. I mean, that was this feud between two brothers, uh, and Dusty Rhodes was involved a little bit there on the sidelines, and like they were going up to that, and that was one of the best parts of Fastlane was their match. But you know, we had a crowd that was a little quiet, and then suddenly. We heard nothing about them ever again. Goldust apparently has wrestled his last match on the main roster. He's now retired. And we lost what I think was a great feud, a great storytelling, without mm-hmm. even another comment about it. Just gone. Well, Goldust is injured. Oh, is he? He is. He had surgery. Oh, he had surgery. He says he's coming back. Now I don't you know, Goldust is one of my favorites. Maybe they'll resume it. Maybe yeah. maybe this will be, you know. People online are begging for Cody Rhodes to wipe off the stupid paint, although I kind of like what he's doing now versus the crazy cosmonaut he was before. Sure. But 
Goldust will be back as far as I know. Oh, okay. All right. so, so that will be good. He's not retired. He had shoulder surgery and should be back by the end of the calendar year. So. Yeah, but I mean, again... Just my, but I agree with you. At the point with... All, there's all this writing. There's so many opportunities to have to, you know, be imaginative and make things up. Why not use the stuff that happens organically? The stuff, like I said, that kind of comes from the audience that they really want to see. Why not just capitalize on that? Isn't that... By giving your audience what you want, aren't you, you know... Getting more viewers, butts and seats, selling tickets, isn't that like a good overall trend? Well, and how do you determine what they want? You know, because there's the on, there's the online presence, there's live attendance, and then there's raw viewership. You know, and it seems to be that if the raw viewership is down, that causes them to make a whole lot more decisions than, you know, Damian Sandow, after the whole Miz thing, comes out in a black t shirt, cuts a great promo. You think his? You think he's on his way because he's abandoning the silly gimmicks. He's going to be his own man, no. and life's good. And not two or three weeks after that, he's right back where he was before. Honestly, I think they they make way too many decisions. First of all, based off of raw ratings, they look at things like quarter hours, and I don't think that makes a lot of sense anymore. We live in an age where a lot of people aren't watching television on television, so I'm not sure that the ratings really tell you anything anymore um and then i always in my mind i guess when i say how do you decide what the audience wants i mean i kind of always think well the reaction of the live crowd is important but i mean you could easily just as easily tell me well you know you go to different cities people like different things and you can clearly see when you're in somebody's hometown yeah yeah so i mean i understand that's a hard thing to pick apart as well Mm -hmm. um and like the damien sandow point that you make uh yeah i mean I don't know if they made that decision based off of the quarter-hour ratings or if they made that decision off the fact that when he went in front of that audience as his own man, it was definitely silent. Um, There was no crowd reaction. And I don't know what that's about because I like Damian Sandow. But apparently I'm wrong. Well, and and, and it's just, you know, there, there there are the fans that like guys like that or Cesaro or any of the other internet darlings, if you want to call them that. And then there are the fans that tend to go to these shows. You know, you go look at these crowds when they do it. There's a lot of the kids in the John Cena stuff. There's a lot of, you know... It's a diverse audience. Wrestlers with the KO shirts. It's a diverse audience. So you're not going to... Damian Sandow can't be somebody you base when he's doing that sort of promo, whether it's called a shoot or a pipe bomb or whatever it is. When he's doing his From the Heart stuff people aren't going to be cheering the same way they would if he had come and run out and saved Lana from... <laughs> you know what I mean? If he, yeah, had, if sure. he had randomly been inserted into that kind of thing, you're going to get a very different kind of reaction than if he comes out and just says what he's thinking. No, you're right. So, Absolutely. So, but... It, it's a hard it's a hard topic. You're right. I say go run with these stories that seem to have sprung organically from the audience. And you're right. How do you really determine that? But again... I, Sometimes, even just looking at the storylines, if you could put a little bit more faith in the backstory that you have, the fiction that you've told, and just maybe have the cojones to stand behind the decisions you made in the past. Uh, I mean, at some point, you were behind Daniel Bryan enough that you said, okay, we're going to make him the world champion. I mean, I think that means that he's worth a return storyline in that capacity. I'm not saying he has to win the title. Mm-hmm. He could go to WrestleMania and go to Suplex City all night long. I, that's, to me, 
like I said, I still want to be surprised. I don't need it to go to the conclusion that I necessarily think it's going to go to. Sure. But I do want to see that story played out. I want to see it told. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see it swept under the rug. Yeah. Yeah, the Dan O'Brien thing was totally a case of the fans insisted on it, and so Vince or Kevin Dunn or whoever the powers that be are said okay. It blew up in their face because he got hurt, and I think that was totally a, well, we're not going to do that again kind of situation, both in terms of the really organic kind of push. And then once he came back, you know, I don't know after that injury. But the I mean, but the you... problem is not trusting an quote-unquote organic push is it, you have to trust those things. There would be no rock without the organic push. There'd be no stone cold. If the audience didn't get behind the guy first, they would never get popular. They would never reach that critical mass that they become an icon. So you can't... You don't, we've seen time and time again, you do not manufacture your stars. They just happen, and you have to recognize that and get behind them. Great point. All right, so, speaking of that, what's your favorite storyline going on in WWE right now? Obviously, it's not the main event, guys, because you're not watching it. I don't blame you, because I have a hard time watching the main event sometimes, too. What's the main event right now? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Rollins, yeah. Well, okay. Rollins and Cena. Yeah. Seems, you know, we're heading into SummerSlam. You've got uh, Brock you and You know, Kid. ever since uh, Cena broke his nose, though, uh, this what's been going on this last week with Rollins now saying, uh, what's going to happen here with having both the U.S. Championship and uh, the, the, the main belt on the line at the same time? I mean, there's a little interest there. I mean, that's a different scenario. I mean, I'm still questioning if Cena's even going to be ready to go, but it's Cena, so of course he'll be ready to go. But, you know, there, there's some intrigue there because sure. of real-world world, real world circumstances. So, uh, you know, uh, th- that's at least in the back of my mind. Oh, I, it's percolating. I, I wrote about that, that that breaking Cena's nose was probably the best thing that could have happened to Seth Rollins. 100%. He opened the show by himself. Mm-hmm. He didn't need the authority. He was doing it on his own. He had a little bit of swagger. Not Jack Swagger, but he had a little bit of... Yeah, nobody has a little bit of Jack Swagger. Nah, he's done. Yeah. He had a little bit of attitude, which I really liked. Then he goes and has this amazing match with Neville, which he wins on his own. Mm-hmm. He didn't need the authority's help for that. Hell of a match. He's, he's as... You know, I had said that his stock as a champion had kind of taken a hit in the last few months, you know. Getting beat up by Lesnar, which I understand Lesnar should and could beat up anybody in the company, but doing that's not good. Being the kind of runaway heels, not great for his kind of cachet or his star power. He's completely... Although he's always been that runaway character ever yes. since he broke up the shield, so... Yes. I mean... But, but that was getting a little old. People were getting tired yeah. of that, and so this is a new wrinkle in the Seth Rollins personality Absolutely. that I really like. So, would you say, is that your favorite thing happening right now? Probably is... not, but like I said, it's with him having broken the nose, as you said, probably the best thing that could happen is now percolating in my mind, whereas before I was not paying attention to it at all. Alright, so, we just heard your thoughts on kind of the Cena-Rollins thing. I agree, I do think John Cena comes back. I think he wins, although we've kind of seen... You know, I don't know, the title's on the line, so... Why would Cena win? My point that I made a couple weeks ago when we were right in the midst of the Hogan controversy was Cena's the flag bearer of the company. You give him his 16th world title. Now you can say pretty much beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is the WWE superstar to end all WWE superstars. He can be the guy that Hogan can't be anymore. 
but now that that's kind of moved, you know, we've it's only been two weeks, but people aren't talking about Hulk Hogan anymore. He's back on the website a couple of times in like the alumni section and all of that. He'll be back. I I think maybe I'm not as confident that Cena wins as much as I was back during the Hogan thing. I mean, I do see what you're saying about Cena, and that's going to happen. At some point, he's going to tie up with Flair. Flair's got the yeah. So at some point, that's going to happen. But is this the right time? I just don't know. I mean, Rollins as champion. I mean, I'm sort of tired of it. Yeah, but he's still got a lot of legs. Mm-hmm. We've really never seen the in-depth feud that we want to see between him and the other two former members of the Shield. Like you could have break up this little buddy-buddy thing going on with Ambrose and Reigns, have some triple threats there. Like, you could get a few months out of that easy. Mm-hmm. I, I I think that triple threat is going to main event, either main event or co-main event, at least one WrestleMania, probably more than one. Yeah, at that's, some point. That's, that's, your, that's your Austin Rock that you can keep bringing up because... I mean, that's assuming that, you know, they ever decide to put Ambrose in a main event again. But. Well, and, and I... I think he's turning on Reigns at SummerSlam. That's Good. A, that's my guess. And so... You want to know about my favorite thing on the roster? It's Dean Ambrose. Really? I love Dean Ambrose. I mean, I don't love what he's doing right now. I don't really feel like, you know, being caught up in a six-man tag on Rod does anything for him. Sure. Uh, but that crazy sort of gimmick character... I've always loved the crazy characters, okay? Jake the Snake when I was a kid. Uh, Mick Foley and all his different iterations. Always a big fan. And I see a lot of that in Dean Ambrose. Roddy Piper. A- absolutely Roddy Piper. R.I.P. right there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's just got... When he was feuding with Rollins in that little bit of time when Reigns was out with his hernia injury, that's that little bit of time when he they had nobody else to put in that main event so that they had to put him in there. Don't get me wrong, they did some real stupid stuff. The, the promo he was doing in the ring with the crash test dummy or whatever, that came off really poorly. But the week before, when he came out there with that hot dog cart and he was attacking them with the ketchup and the mustard, oh my, that is, that is, that is the humor, the goofiness that I want to see injected into my wrestling from time to time. Sure. It just a little side wink, a little nod that, yeah, we are having a good time here. Okay? So, that's that's just where I... Yeah. Dean Ambrose is great. Or can be great. Mm-hmm. I, I do like a serious turn to the character. He's obviously been a face since the breaking up of the S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep. I maybe want to see what he can do in a heel capacity as that crazy, unpredictable character. That's exactly it. I want to see crazy heel Dean sure. Ambrose. Absolutely. And I and I want to see Crazy Heel Dean Ambrose in some sort of weird alliance with Crazy Heel Bray Wyatt. I think the two of them together, they don't have to be a tag team, although they could. I'm just not sure Bray Wyatt works well with anybody. I think he's doing better with Harper now than he did when he had Harper and Rowan as his cronies. And again, this might not work. It's yeah. just my personal opinion, that's what I want to see. But really, anything that, even if Dean turns on Roman, even if Roman turns on Dean, and they never have anything to do with... Well, that's not happening. If, and they have, they never have anything to do with Bray Wyatt again, at least in terms of this particular storyline. But the buddy-buddy thing is great, and it's an awe moment, and the female fans online go crazy for it. But it's time to see these two yeah. go at it. I think so. So, Dean Ambrose is your favorite, I agree. Last year, coming out of the trunk of the car... The, oh, that was brilliant. The taxi cab oh, thing. Yeah. He was... That was some of the best stuff I've seen since getting back into just, it. Just, just that was just pure 
enjoyment. You know yes. what I mean? They they were they were doing things that were fun and fresh. Yes. And then there was a hologram in the Hell in the Cell, and it all went away. Yes, yes, it did. So all into right. the black hole that is Bray Wyatt. Are you not a Bray Wyatt fan? I am a fan of Bray Wyatt more so now than I was previously. He is a very strong character. I appreciate the character, and he does it very well. However, he says a whole lot of nothing. Or at least he did. And that's why I said I like him more now than I did before. Because he is getting better in that he's getting more coherent on the microphone. He's actually saying things that make sense that you can follow. And that's been something that's been missing from him for some time. Alright, so, you're a fan of Bray Wyatt, you really like Dean Ambrose, but... So now, storyline. We talking Brock Taker? Are we talking the Divas Revolution? Are we talking Ryback versus Big Show versus Miz? Is that where your heart is? My heart is always with Ryback. I hate you so much. (laughs) (laughs) I actually like Ryback. I I listed... There were about 40... Male talents. I didn't list the divas. I didn't do any of like the Heymans or anything like that. I listed forty talents from least favorite to most favorite. Ryback is the last guy on my list. He's your least favorite male talent. It's him and the Ascension. What? I, I, I don't like his in ring ability. I don't like him when he talks. I don't like his. I. There is very little about Ryback that I find redeeming. So, by all means. Plead Ryback's case for me, please. Why should I care about this big, dumb goof? Well, I don't know if you know this about Ryback, but he is a big, dumb goof. And as I alluded to before, I like a little bit of goof in my wrestling. Um, and I honestly, I don't I don't think his in-ring work is that bad. Actually, I think he's been improving since he sort of made his debut. He's got a lot of big power moves, and yeah, he telegraphs a lot of stuff, but I do feel like the things that he does looks powerful. I don't I don't necessarily think that he's a main character, I'm sorry, a main event um, you know, talent yeah, necessarily. Not building around. Right, it. but you, you do need those solid guys in the company, and if you had a new fresh uh face champion who really needed a big heel to go up against Ryback would be alright for like a first like out of the gate he's physically imposing he's a big guy I like him better as a face than I do as the heel bully Ryback thing that he was doing but you know whatever he's versatile he's got range (laughs) I can't even say that with a straight face he doesn't have much range range. he he has no range at all it's He's, it's feed me more, it's whatever he says, feeding time, or he doesn't say clobbering time because that was punk, but he says smashing time or whatever, yeah. and then he walks to the ring, and then he does a couple things. I like that he started doing the splash versus the big show. That made a lot of sense, logically, internal consistency. This is not a guy I can do superpower moves to, so I need an aerial move. That, I thought, actually worked yeah. really well, but... Otherwise, you know, and and again, you hear interviews with Ryan Reeves, who is the man behind Ryback, and he's entertaining. Yeah. He's got a sense of humor. And so... He has a lot of passion for the business. And I I, I think maybe that's part of the reason why I like him, because I might hear the guy talk. Sure. He, he loves what he does, and he seems as invested in it as any fan really is. And if I start to see that... I'll probably warm to him a little more. Sure. But right now, he comes down, he does the Feed Me More stuff, he does a couple of moves that hey, may... that Feed Me More stuff is popular. I I mean, don't get me wrong, I do have a problem 
with this. And he's one of the first guys, I think, who started this trend. Well, I think actually maybe Daniel Bryan started the trend. But guys leading their own chants is so in right now. All the big chants that you have are all things that guys in the ring prompt. Um, the yes chants, the Phoebe Moore stuff. Uh, I, I'm drawing blanks right now. Well, I, others, I, I would say, wasn't the first, well, maybe not the first one, but wasn't one of the first ones... You can't see me for the five knuckle shuffle. Is that would that would you consider? I guess that so, but that's a, that's a one time thing. It's not something that people repeat ad nauseum in the audience. You know what I mean? The yes chance they grow and then they just I'm they sure, go on their own. I'm sure there are some seven and eight year olds in John Cena merch who probably just do that all the time. Yes, but they're seven. Well, they, they they get a free pass. Okay. They're just enjoying themselves. But yeah, I mean, I don't really like that trend. But I mean, in terms of chance, feed me more. I mean, that's that's catchy. I catch myself doing it, sitting on my couch. I'm usually talking about a burrito or a bowl of ice cream, but, you know. See, Bull Dempsey needs to do the Feed Me More thing. That actually fits oh, yeah. more with his right. gimmick. Well, well maybe they can team up, and then they can be... Uh... That would be the worst thing in the world, to take my favorite <laughs> wrestler, because Bull Dempsey's one of my favorites right now. How can you like Bull Dempsey and not like Ryback? Bull Dempsey, I believe more in the ring, because he's not trying... How, how do you not believe... He's gigantic. How do you not believe that he could hurt a person? Because he actually hurts a person. So how how is that in disbelief then? Because I'd, I'd like if anything, you, that I'd makes like him you more to believable. show power moves without actually hurting. Who's someone. the last guy he hurt? I I'm sure there were plenty. Who's the last guy that he hurt? I'm pretty sure one of his last matches with was with Daniel Bryan. We haven't seen him in a long time. Ryback's fault. Blame Ryback. Only thing I'm going to say about Daniel Bryan. I like Daniel Bryan a lot. This is just kind of a quick aside. When he came back from his injury, I was really surprised to see that he did not tone down his style. Uh, he was going whole hog at it, just like he did before he got injured the first time. Sure. That was a near career-ending injury, and the way that he was still flying out of the ring, uh, I just thought was really, really strange that they that he didn't make some tweaks there. And, I mean, obviously, hindsight, whatever, he got injured again. But, yeah, I mean, that's the thing with Daniel Bryan. I, just, I don't know why, why he did that. I wish he had taken care of himself just a little bit more. All right, uh, I don't think I did this. I was meaning to do it, and we got off track. True or false? Daniel Bryan wrestles another match in 2015. Well, I'm going to pretend I'm a magic eight ball and say that the uh, answer is cloudy. Ask again later, because I mean, I I do you not know how to play the true or false game. No, <laughs> I mean, I know how to play the true or false game, but I am deliberately, you know. Obtusely, even <laughs> spit take on the laptop. Great, yeah, I'm intentionally sort let of me obstructing. Change, let me change the, the que- game. Let me change the question to hopefully get you to play by the rules. Uh, true or false? So are you saying that as soon as I'm giving you the answer, you're going to go ahead and change the questions? I am going to change the questions. I'm not wearing a kilt. Yeah, I will. Next, I will next time. Right. Uh, true or false? Daniel Bryan wrestles another match for WWE. Period. <sighs> I mean, I honestly have... I'd, since he's been injured, I know that he's injured, but I don't know the extent of the injury. I have to assume it's similar to before and that it's pretty serious. Um, he says... So I, 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 th- I think he's coming back. He says he's coming back. I think he's coming back, too. I, right, I so, do think when he comes back, he's going to tone down the style. So would you call that a hesitant true? Uh, no, I, we, you changed the question. It was no longer a true or false question. Yeah, I said true or false. You said you changed the question. <laughs> I changed the terms of the question. Oh, he still said true. Well, I guess I wasn't listening, as I typically do with you. So, true or false, Daniel Bryan wrestles another match for WWE. Yes. It will be true or false. <laughs> Correct. Now is the point of the podcast where I hit you with a water bottle. <laughs> All right, so 
If he wrestles, we'll add a hypothetical. Uh-huh. If he wrestles... So this is not a true or false, just a hypothetical? This is a hypothetical. Okay. Which you will answer however you see fit, apparently. I will. If Daniel Bryan wrestles again, does he ever get another world title match? True. So, yes. <laughs> uh, I'm actually not sure on that one. You're like, not sure about any of No, this. but like, but like he's... Okay, at this one I'll probably plant my flag in the ground uh, on... They didn't feel comfortable putting him back in the title picture last time. They, I don't foresee them being comfortable doing it after another severe injury. So I would say no. He does not get another world title match uh, okay. after this point. And, and again, we're, we're in agreement, which doesn't make for incredible radio, that we just went five minutes on the act of answering a true or false I'm question. I'm pretty sure the you audience do, enjoyed you that. You do have a PhD, right? You, you do. No. You, you had to take a true or false... Do they have true or false questions in graduate level? I have a master's. I don't have a PhD. Do they have true or false questions in master's level? Well, they call it a doctor in philosophy because, really, they expect you to just kind of talk a lot and expound on those things well, and just sort of philosophize about all sorts of different things. Considering we're over an hour and we're really just warming up, I suppose, yeah, I that, suppose. that you, you have earned that PhD. You have a PhD in improvology. Yeah, I'm not sure that's a thing, but... No. It's well, and, and, and we, we have done improv in the past. I should probably also point out that while that one is on the wall, that PhD, my other PhD is in an envelope sitting in a filing cabinet, and I don't think I've looked at it twice since earning it. Well, eventually that one you might have to... Pre- Do you have to present that? Do you have to show it to somebody? No. If you, if I mean, like, worst case scenario, you would just send a transcript, right? When you move into your new office, are you going to hang your PhD I up on the wall? I sincerely doubt it. Will you hang your PhD in improvology up on the wall? Um, perhaps. Okay. All right. We are in the random ramblings part of the show. We've just naturally gotten there. Um, Fantastic Four. Now... Never heard of them. <laughs> you have a an interesting relationship with superhero movies. Let's just go through the list. Um, have you seen all three Iron Man movies? Yes. Have you seen both Thor movies? Yes. Have you seen both Avengers movies? Yes. Have you seen both Captain America movies? Yes. What's weird about this relationship? Are you lying about any of these? No, things? I actually have seen... For a while... Okay. What you're getting at is, as of uh six months ago, five months ago, I probably had not seen half of those films. I had watched Iron Man One, Iron Man Two I was less thrilled with. I watched Thor, which I thought was alright. Captain America I liked a lot. Avengers I liked a lot. And then I just kinda lost interest. I was like, I've sort of seen these movies. I know the movies are changing and the stories are different, but after a while they all kind of just started running together. Sure. And so I kind of stopped watching them. Um, But with an abundance of free time that comes with uh, sitting at home for a while, I was able to catch up on these films. And, you know, they were good. I don't know that I was really missing anything by not having seen them before. Iron Man 3 was better than Part 2. But, you know... Alright, forgive the random transition here. Uh, As you heard... Doc Manson talking about um, for the last couple of months we won't need to talk about how many but for a couple of months you can tell them if you want to I (laughs) I don't want to tell your stories yeah I uh, I finished my postdoc in January and since then I've been sitting at home on my butt watching Marvel movies and and so we just talked about that and the reason we had to do the interruption was Doc just got a phone call and just got a tentative agreement 
to use his PhD in improvology for good. <laughs> uh, so he just yeah, got a job. not for so evil, for good. May I be the first person on the radio, in, well, or podcast land, the neighborhood, the first member of the neighborhood, okay. to offer my sincere congratulations, sir? We're actually shaking. This is great radio. It, well, <laughs> they can visualize it. Absolutely. So, yeah, no, so, good news. Excellent good news. How, how, are you feeling pretty good? I'm feeling elated. All right. So... And he could be calling all of his family and friends to tell them, but no, he wanted to come back here and finish our podcast. That is his dedication to the neighborhood, which is why he needs far more than just 19 followers. We're going to get you to 100 <laughs> by this time next year. I'll so, probably have to start tweeting for that, right? <laughs> I, that's the goal. That would be the goal. And watching, you don't have to watch Oliver Ross. At Doc Manson on Twitter. At Doc Manson. Very good. All right. All right, so we were talking about Marvel movies. We did some random ramblings. You've now seen some of them. Have you seen Ant-Man? No. And have you seen Fantastic Four? No, but that's not really a Marvel movie. That's true. I mean, it's a Marvel property, and I yes. think they probably have the Marvel logo on it, right? But it wasn't actually produced in-house. That's true. So I don't really count that. And from what everything... It, it came out yesterday. We're recording this on Friday, full disclosure. Uh, it is Friday, right? I've lost all track. No idea. Uh, I think it's Friday. Okay. So, um... When you've been unemployed as long as I have, you stop paying attention to the days of the week. Well, summer vacation's kind of like unemployment. Yeah, it's sort of. Whole paycheck part. Yeah, fair but, enough. Um, but it came out yesterday. Uh, somebody on Twitter who's a very big superhero, it's at Superhero Feed. He's got some interesting stuff. He's got 144,000 followers. He went to the movie. There were six people in the theater with him. And the director has already come out and said, I made a better version of this movie, but the studio wouldn't release it. I have no doubt that the studio made the film worse. I don't believe that that was a strong Fantastic Four film. No. Um, ever since... I sort of saw the way that they recast those characters. I was skeptical about this film. The Fantastic Four had a, always had a very different dynamic than the other Marvel team properties. And I'm speaking specifically to, say, the X-Men, who were, you know, sort of a stand-in for teenagers. A little sure. bit of angst, trying to find their place in the world. Fantastic Four was more of a family unit. You had the older uh, couple, Reed Richards and Sue, and, you know... There was more of a family dynamic there, so it was a different tone. Mm -hmm. And the way that they recast this film, again, I haven't seen it, but just seeing from the previews, everybody looked like, you know, they were young, brainiacs, college age, maybe a little post-college, you know, in the terms of the uh, background of the actual characters. But I just, I, I didn't feel like the potential for that dynamic was there in this particular lineup. N nothing about, you know, it, it looked... The effects looked interesting. Yeah, looked good. I'm always going to want to see people with superhuman abilities, but nothing about the characters or the story made me want to go watch it. And having read two or three reviews last night based on what I've seen, I don't think I'm going to see it. My cousin really wants to see it. I don't think I'm going to go. I know you're a big fan of origin stories, so... That was my issue with Ant-Man, was the, you know, we've seen so many team-ups now that an individual origin story... And again, I like origin stories fine, but that's not what we're used to. By the way, Mrs. Matthews, I just texted her the good news. She says, congratulations. She's very happy for you and Mrs. Manson and young... Oscar Manson, the dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank Mrs. You might, uh, Matthews you might tweet, for me. You might tweet a lot more often if we create at Oscar Manson and make give your dog his own Twitter account. Well, I mean, if you want, I can just post pictures of my dog on my Twitter account. 
Uh, there are going to be people who say yes. So if you eh? believe, we're, we'll, we'll take a line from Kevin Smith. If you're listening to this and you want Doc Manson to post um, pictures of his dog, who is cute, on Twitter, use the hashtag Oscar Yes. Oh, yeah, this is really going to trend. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Me and my 19 followers, we're going to start a movement. Hey, I've got 700, so between the two of us, <laughs> we're like one one-hundredth of anybody famous. Yep. All right, so I want to give you the chance to celebrate, so we're going to rapid fire through the next bit here. Um, any thoughts on the Divas Revolution that you care to share, or are you kind of... I like the Divas Revolution, but again, I feel like they're spinning their wheels. My thoughts here... Nikki Bella holds that title until she beats AJ's uh, record, which I think puts us sometime in uh, September. Yes. So, I mean, that's, you know, coming up quick. Right about Night of Champions. Yeah. I think three or four days before the Night of Champions pay-per-view is when she breaks the record, so... So, until then, I'm sort of disinterested because I don't expect any movement in the players there. I mean, they're all talented. I I love the NXT ladies who have come up. So I guess I shouldn't say they're all talented, but all the NXT ladies yes. are talented. Yes, and uh, I'm looking forward to them. There's been a lot of women's wrestling on Raw. They've been having, you know, usually a matches tag. a tag and a singles. And you know what? It's fine. I think. Uh, I I think they're great wrestlers. They're telling some good stories in the ring. I, I'm always, I always weep a little maybe when Brie Bella gets in the ring, but you know. Um, that's fine. Uh, um, what I would hope to see from this, and I don't know if they've announced a women's match for SummerSlam, I wouldn't even put the Divas title on the line because if they're so obviously going to be going after AJ Lee's record, which is fine, it's, if that's what they want to do, they want to. Well, they got to get her out of the record books. They want to. They want someone in the record books that they're going to be able to control. That's a pro WWE person. That's fine. Don't have the title match on the line. Have that nine diva triple threat tag team match. Sure. Team Bad versus Team Bella versus, I believe they're going to be called PCB now. So they're no longer the submission sorority? No, amazingly enough, that didn't go over well. Somebody finally, after that idea, got on Google and realized that might be a bad thing. Really? Yes. That's already a thing? Yes. They've already decided to change it because somebody finally caught on that if you search Submission Sorority on Google... What do you find? I don't know. Why don't you search it now? I'm not going to. Go ahead. It's my Wi-Fi. It, it is your Wi-Fi. This is my personal thing, but I'm not getting arrested for you, Doc. Fair so, enough. So it's not I'm... the first time I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've talked about the Divas. We've talked about Ryback. I, I, I really, I, and I, I, Mrs. Manson. Likes Ryback as well. I'm not saying she's an expert on professional wrestling. No, but let's talk about this for a minute because your wife, my wife, will watch wrestling to humor me sometimes. But when while you, she's no, like, while no, she's no. reading, she she yes, but she will look up and and she will she will comment on yes. the wrestling why is in Le- a less than positive yes. light. Why is Lex Luger wearing the diaper? That yes. Was, that was, that's, that's the, her that, most famous yeah. thing. Or she'll look up and go, okay, that was kind of neat. You know, if she sees a move where I was watching Ring of Honor and I think... However, Jim- Sasha Banks sounds like a big, dumb idiot. That's not are not her words. I'm paraphrasing. She was much more cordial in the way that she said it. But this no, but, is one of the best women's wrestlers on television right now, and I understand she's not a fan of the product. She maybe doesn't understand the the, the, the common sort of things that we just accept about how characters act and how yes. they look and how they dress. Yes. That stuff is foreign to her. No. But and, and, and and her problem and and I don't blame her for this. Yeah, no. When no, she's watched women's wrestling, 
She watched. She did not watch NXT women's wrestling. Right. She watched the Brie Bella style of women's right. wrestling. Hair pulling, slapping, all of that. She's not a big fan but, of the skimpy outfits, and I'm not going to go down that road. Yeah, she's but, got, I mean, she's yeah. got points. Other people have points. Yeah, ex- absolutely. Um, but I want to, I've asked her, and I'm going to at some point get her to watch a Charlotte Sasha Banks match or something like that. So she can actually see that the these, art at its pinnacle. These women are actually yeah. doing athletic. I mean, I will say there's nothing wrong with her disliking it because at the same time, you know, there's a lot of people out there who don't like professional wrestling. It's silly. It is. It's, yes. it's a goofy pastime. I'm, not everybody has to like wrestling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mrs. Vanson, on the other hand, we moved in together at a time when we were in a 600-square-foot apartment, and from the bedroom, you could see the TV in the living room. So on Monday nights when I was watching Raw, it didn't really matter where she was, she was watching Raw also. And, you know, just over time, she's gotten to know the characters, the guys behind it, she's started to learn a little bit about who these people are outside of the characters they portray on television. And she's actually gotten interested in it because of that multi-layered... To the point, back in December, when you and I and GQ, who I'm going to get on this podcast one of these days, he says he's not doing it, but we're going to make him. When the three of us went to see Mick Foley, that was the night of TLC. She actually watched it on her own. I I think she was... Correct. She, she watched. She stayed it on home her own. and watched it on the WWE Network while we went out to see the comedy show with Mick Foley with Oscar Manson hashtag Oscar Yes. So she she went and watched it. So she actually enjoys it. You know, my wife will watch it if I'm if she would like me to be in the same room with me and I happen to be watching it. She'll at least not get up and leave all the time. Your wife actually watches it. Do you enjoy wrestling more because of that? Does it change anything? Does it change the experience at all for you? Uh, I enjoy having someone else watching it with me. Um, I mean, just as we're doing on this podcast, making comments, talking about the guys on the screen, it makes it a more active activity as opposed to just sitting there on your laptop, sort of occasionally glancing at the screen and you know seeing uh, <laughs> seeing in your case maybe right back on the screen and just kind of glancing back down at the. Uh, I usually and... leave the room when Ryback's in. There. Come on, he's not that bad. I will give. It looks like Chris Masters ate uh, Rob Van Dam, but I mean, uh, all right, hold on. Now again, I'm getting my computer out here because I'm going to do a column at some point on wrestler lookalikes. But you ha- I'm going to show you a picture of Van Hammer, who was a WCW wrestler in the '90s. Okay. Oop. No, I don't want those harmful programs. Tell me that doesn't look like a very skinny, long-haired Ryback. You could be. I could be wrong, but that to me. Yeah, that, no, you're right. It's that him. picture specifically. Yeah, it looks just like it. It looks like Ryback with a tie-dyed shirt. Yeah, his but, face. The face is you know more narrow. Yes, but yeah, yes. there's a big similarity. Yeah. So what was it? What did you say? What was it? Chris Masters ate Rob Van Dam. I'm, I'm not sure Chris even, Masters was the right example, but it's the one that came to mind. That's fine. That's, yeah. that's good enough. I will. I tell you what. When Ryback comes back, I will give him more of a shot. I watched his big show match and wrote about it a month or two ago that I thought was good. He just and in all fairness, what do you do against the Big Show these days? And, and again, I'm not giving him. I'm not saying that I don't like him solely because he wrestled Big Show. I'm just saying. I know. And you actually, you actually just said that you liked the match he had with Big yeah. Show. But when we get because at SummerSlam, this was announced. I think on SmackDown, we're going to get Ryback versus Big Show versus Miz for the IC title, and I'm going to be cheering very hard 
for The Miz to win that match. I'm going to be cheering very hard for Ryback to injure The Miz in that match. Legitimately injure. Well, that was the joke, but if you're really asking me, no. Of course, I don't want anybody to get injured ever. No, but if it happened... You don't like The Miz. You don't think he's awesome. No, I don't think he's awesome. But he came to play. I don't know the rest of his lyrics, but that's the first part. Uh, I didn't even know that part, so... Good for you? (laughs) All right. Um, We're going to do two things before we get on out of here today. I'd like to thank you for taking the time. I appreciate your holding off on telling everyone about... No, this is fantastic. I would love to do this every week. At Doc Manson on Twitter. (laughs) All right. So, uh, one thing I want to do very quickly... Rapid fire. I used to call it the 10 count back when I thought I was going to do an interview show. We'll see whether or not that ever happens. But I'm going to go through. Um, favorite wrestler of all time? Go. Mick Foley. Which iteration? Or does it matter? Mm, it probably doesn't matter, but in the spirit of things, I'll say Mankind. Okay. Why Mankind over the others? Uh, I've always had a thing for those sort of dark monster characters. And uh, just the way that he played that character... And the range that it had over time, being you know initially very dark, very monster heel sort of thing, and then moving into the more humorous era, uh, you know there was a good contrast in styles, all within a single personality of Foley. And I just kind of liked the different places that that character went. I mean, let's face it, hitting uh, Vince McMahon with oh no, <laughs> I'm not I'm sorry, when Stone Cold hit Vince McMahon yes. with the uh, the birth of Mr. Sacco. Yes, the birth. That is what I'm going for. Yes. There's this iconic stuff there. Yurtle the Clown. Or yes. Whatever. And don't get me wrong, man. I love Cactus Jack. That's probably the answer everybody gives, right? I love Cactus Jack. But there's. Cactus Jack never had that same humor that mankind eventually had. So I think that's why I have to go. And Dude Love was just too far into the humor zone, you know? So, yeah, so, somewhere in, the, in there. Okay. Um, do you have a favorite tag team of all time? Oh, favorite tag team of all time. I mean, probably going back to my childhood, it's Legion of Doom. I mean, they were just very impressive, very theatrical. Um, I mean, obviously I know more things about them now in later careers and things like that. But just thinking back to, like, the sheer amount of enjoyment I had in the moment at the time. Sure. Yeah, probably Legion of Doom. Okay, I think that's a Or maybe the Mega Powers. (laughs) I mean the new iteration. The new, the Mega Powers. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um... Favorite? Do you have a favorite stable? Favorite group of wrestlers? Well, you know, I didn't watch a lot of wrestling when stables were most popular. Uh, if I had to pick something based off of what I know of them, I'd probably go with the NWO because of everything surrounding them. I kind of feel like they were more influential, maybe than uh, DX. But again, I wasn't actually watching at the time, so I don't know if my opinion on that is really strong. Did you watch any WCW? Very little. I remember when Nitro like first came around, maybe, but I don't think I ever really watched it. No. Did you watch any ECW? Again, that's you. You kind of when no ECW. ECW. When ECW came, when ECW formed, that was your kind of. That was when you were kind of done. That high school. Right. And when I came back after WrestleMania twenty, uh, I think maybe you introduced me to ECW. Or it could have been GQ. I don't know. But ECW really sparked my interest coming back as an adult fan. Mm-hmm. Um, the and, old ECW or the really bad WWF version or WWE version? Uh, the old ECW. I mean, I will say it's the, 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 the characters and some of the matches from the old ECW. Because once the network came around, I started going back and watching some of those old ECW shows. 
and there's some uncomfortable bits there that have not aged particularly well. Yes, so I'm not saying I'm a big fan of all things. No, but the wrestling itself. Yeah, the wrestling itself, and and some of the characters. Yeah, absolutely, and that that more hardcore style. I mean, maybe. Maybe wearing on my sleeve, having said that Mick Foley is my favorite of all time, but Makes a sense. lot of those guys were into that sort of stuff. And you know, I'm not saying that. Oh God, you got to have the crimson mask where a wrestling match ain't no good. I mean, that's no big secret that bleeding in WWE matches has been, you know, on the downside for a long, long time. Maybe it's coming back a little bit now, but it was almost like completely outlawed. Well, now, for a now while. the blood's legit. When there's bleeding, it's legitimate. Yeah, they're, yeah. Not, they're not bleeding anymore. They're right. not doing any of that right. stuff. But, um, uh, yeah, I don't need that in my product necessarily, but... I know you don't have the network, but if you happen to find your way onto the network somehow... Yeah. Um, I mean, I can get a free month at any time sure, since I'm not sure. subscribed. Just give me a different email, so I might I, as well just get a free I, month. I'm on a quest to watch all of the NWA, WCW pay-per-views, and I've been watching. Cactus Jack has been a big part of the last six months or so yeah. fighting Vader. You know, he's wrestling. I just saw a match. It's him and some wrestler named Max Payne, who was like a metal grunge rocker, versus the Nasty Boys in a very ECW-style match. You know, shovels, chairs, all mm. that kind of stuff. Cactus has his head taped because he had lost his ear about a month ago. Oh, and God. So, All right. So, so if, you're, if you're looking for something to do, I know you're not going to have as much free time pretty soon. I don't know if I'm looking to watch matches with the nasty boys in them, but... Uh, but they're nasty, baby! Yeah, they sure are. Oh, God. All right. Um, so I did favorite stable, favorite... Um, favorite match. Do you have a favorite match? If you could go back and watch only one match for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ooh, it's a long pause. Mm, um, it's gonna be—I don't know which one specifically, but it's gonna be Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn. Ooh, good choice. Uh, Yeah, I don't know which one specifically. Truthfully, you could probably pick any of them. Yeah, probably. Have you donated to his GoFundMe, Jerry Lynn? I guess is having some neck surgery. I did not even—I was not aware of it. And and now that you've got a—now that you're going to be employed pretty (laughs) soon, you could—he's—he's got some neck surgery, so he's uh, got—I think it's a GoFundMe or something to try to help alleviate some of the cost. Of that, I but, actually didn't know that he was having health-related issues. So I think it's just like a hear. you know, it's the yeah, neck surgery that every wrestler tear, probably yeah, has. Unfortunately, um, all right. Do you have a favorite feud? Favorite feud? <laughs> yeah, that's going to be even longer. Pause. That's There's so many to think you, about. Well, if we're going to do this semi-regularly, then we'll have I'll to start thinking about those things. We'll I guess. start thinking about those things. All right. Last thing we're going to do before we get out of here because I want to get you calling people and celebrating. Especially since I'm going to... Full disclosure, I'm gonna, I saw Doc Manson yesterday, and I'm going to see you tomorrow. So oh, you sure are. We haven't seen each other this much since we lived together. I know. It's All right. we're both still alive. It is time for This Week in History, where we go through this coming week. This will be released Sunday, August 9th. Uh, a very special birthday, Sunday, August 9th. An early birthday present for Mrs. Manson, your wife has a birthday on Sunday and I'm not going to tell you how old she is. She's turning a certain age for a certain number of times that she's doing, but Mrs. Manson's birthday. So, so far you've bought her a waffle maker and gotten a job. So, very nicely done with the the birthday gifts this year. Absolutely. I think that's probably where we're going to end for this year, but, you know, maybe a nice bouquet of flowers or something. Oh, well, that will... You're you're a good good husband. All right. Also celebrating a birthday on Sunday, August 9th, um, Bill Neville, ace producer for the New Age Insiders, his wife, uh, Alexa Bliss, manager of the current tag team champions. She's going to be 24. NXT tag team champions. NXT, yes. Forgive me. NXT tag team champions. Uh, Bamf, the Blake and Murphy factor, or the Blake-Alexa Murphy factor. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Silas Young, who you probably don't know, he's a Ring of Honor guy and a guy you would like. He looks like Jake the Snake Roberts, kind of excellent. I feel like I've heard the name. He's going to be 35. I thought he was older than that. And since we were speaking of ECW, I don't know if you are familiar with the name Amish Roadkill. I am. Amish Roadkill, who has always been one of my favorites. I can't tell you if I've ever seen him in a match, but his name is Amish Roadkill, for goodness <laughs> sake. How can you not love him? He will be 39. That takes us to Monday. King of the Ring, Bad News Barrett, or Wade slash Bad News slash King Barrett. Yep, the king. Will be 35. We didn't talk about him very quickly. Like him, love him, hate him. Wade Barrett, uh, used to love him, but I'm not really sure if he's going to do anything that wows me again. He's one of those guys who's been out with injury a few times, and I'm just not sure they're going to give him the ball to run with. He will wow you when he wins a King of the Mountain match in GFW in about a year, because that's my guess is he's done and wrestling elsewhere very soon. Savio Vega, former WWF Mm -hmm. wrestler, uh, turns 49, was the masked quang. Because they figure, you know, in in WWE's world, you can take a Puerto Rican guy, put him in a mask, and make him be an Asian guy. Mm. And it really doesn't matter. And uh, I've been talking about him so much recently because of the whole Shockmaster thing. Fred Ottman, formerly Tugboat of the Natural... Oh, yeah. Typhoon of the Natural Disasters, had a very forgettable career as Shockmaster Mm. in WCW. I think his entrance will always be remembered. Oh, yes, yes. We talked about that just a couple weeks ago. (laughs) He's going to be 59. Tuesday, August 11th, Bill Alfonso, manager of Mm -hmm. Rob Van Dam, the ref with the whistle, will be 58. And your first favorite wrestler, that real American, Hulk Hogan, turns 62. Without trying to get too far into it, very quickly, your thoughts on Hulk Hogan and the controversy of the last two weeks, which seems to be all in the past now. I mean, the things that he said are not things that should be said. And that's the bottom line. Oh, that's a great way of putting it. But at the same time, like, if you can divorce the man from the character, to some degree you have to be able to do that. But I know those things are very much entwined. I think I will always have my love of Hulk Hogan. And, you know, speaking of the man, Terry, hopefully he's able to sort of reassess his life and... uh I hope not in a cynical way, but get out there in front of this thing and Mm -hmm. legitimately sort of make amends if that's possible. Apologize. I know he kind of did already in a press release and that sort of thing, but, you know, actions speak louder than words. You you said it earlier, uh, true or false, don't mess with me on this, true or false, Hulk Hogan appears for World Wrestling Entertainment again in his life besides when he dies. Will we see Hulk Hogan in a WWE ring again? Yes. True. Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Wednesday, August 12th, the coach, Jonathan Coachman, now ESPN anchor, but former former WWE announcer, did some great stuff with The Rock. He will be 43. Spike Dudley, ECW mainstay, WWE guy. He'll be 45. I haven't thought about Spike Dudley. Former Former school teacher, Spike Dudley. And Terry Taylor known as the Red Rooster. You probably mm-hmm. uh, wrestled for WCW. I've been seeing a lot of stuff. He's now a backstage agent for, I want to say, TNA or something like oh, that. Okay. He will be 60. Uh, let's see. Thursday, August 13th, Jumpin' Jim Brunzel, one half of the Killer Bees, will be 66. Uh, on this date in 2007, Brian Adams, formerly known as Crush. Oh, yeah. Or Brian Adams from Chronic, passed away. And Lance Cade 
who was part of Caden Murdoch. He was a graduate of the Shawn Michaels Wrestling School, passed away in 2010. Mm. All right. Uh, Friday, August 14th, Kofi Kingston of my favorite part of wrestling all in WWE right now, New Day. I like New Day, and I don't like Ryback. Yep, we're... Eat that with a spoon. No, uh, thank you. He'll be 34. Uh, former wrestler Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert will be 54. Bobby Eaton, one of the greatest tag team wrestlers and possibly one of the greatest just pure wrestlers, guy that should be in the Hall of Fame, will be 57. And Bob Backlund, Connecticut's own, Bob Backlund will be 66 and still want, apparently still thinks he could have a run in WWE. I saw Bob Backlund uh, at a state fair exposition last year. He was... He had a line. He was putting people in the cross-faced chicken wing. I don't know, man. He looks like he could still go. Did you get put in the cross-faced chicken wing? No, I walked wide around. I, I've met Bob Backlund a couple of times. I was a wrestler in high school. He used to frequent state tournaments, and so I've crossed his path a number of times. Uh, Saturday, August 15th, for the first time since I started doing This Week in History, nobody was born or nobody died that I recognized. I'm sure plenty of people did that were important, but nobody that I felt like mentioning. However... August 15th was the date of two important events. SummerSlam 2010, featuring Team WWE versus The Nexus. Oh, yeah. That was the beginning of the Daniel Bryan era, Mm -hmm. really. And SummerSlam 2004, which featured Diva Dodgeball. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Are you saying I should look up Diva Dodgeball I'm on not, the WWE Network? I don't think anyone should look up Diva Dodgeball on the WWE Network. But you hear he, that, folks? He's saying you should I, look up the dub Diva Dodgeball rewind, on the WWE Network. Rewind this and listen. You'll like hashtag Diva Dodgeball. No, all right. Hashtag Oscar Manson, yes. Hashtag Oscar, yes. Doc, I want to thank you very much for being a part of this. I believe this one is actually going to be able to make it on the air. You'll be able to hear it on Sunday, and we'll see what the reaction is, but we will definitely do this again in the very near future. Congratulations on your job. Go call everyone you know and tell them. Post it on Twitter, at Doc Manson. Be sure to follow him. I want him to have at least 25 followers (laughs) by NAI Pod on Wednesday. 25 followers for Doc Manson. Uh, For Doc Manson, I'm DC Matthews, at Doc Manson, at DC Matthews, NAI. We will see you around the neighborhood. Bye, everybody. I can't find the stop button, so we're going to... Oh, there it is.